0: Kate, I gotta say, winter is nice for a little hibernation, rest, mm-hmm. recouping, but I am ready for the sunny, warm days of spring. But full disclosure, that does not mean my skin is ready.
1: Mm, womp, I womp. hear you, Dory. I hear you.
0: See, your skin, I don't know if you know this, but your skin goes through a big transition between seasons, not just on the surface, but at the cellular level. That's why it's important to nurture it from the inside out with products that do more than just protect against the sun's UV rays. One Skin's products are powered by their scientifically proven peptide called OS1. This peptide reduces the accumulation of damaged aging cells the cells that make your skin less resilient and more prone to lines and wrinkles. Instead of masking these issues, one skin addresses them at the cellular level, boosting your skin's natural barrier to lock in moisture and help protect against the elements. They have a full line of face and body products, including OS01 Shield, an SPF that prevents UV-induced aging. And repair cellular aging all at once. I gotta say, I also love that they do body products because I feel mm. like a lot of times the old mm-hmm. bod gets a little neglected. Totally ignored. It's right? It's just when, as
1: important as the face. It's not I mean, it's more of our of our
0: surface area. Yes. So I have been using and loving the body topical supplement, which is a body moisturizer. And my skin looks and feels just like hydrated, kind of like plumped. You know when your skin gets that gets that look? Yes, I do. Yeah.
1: I do. It feels it, like nice to the touch.
0: Yeah. And it's getting me ready for bare leg season, I got to say.
1: Mm, can't wait to see those gams, Dory.
0: I know. I know you can't. It, the, it's really leaving me feeling like nature isn't the only thing that will see new growth this spring, if you catch my drift. Oh, I do. I... I've also been loving their Prep Facial Cleanser, which cl- it cleanses without drying, which is a tough needle to thread in the cleanser world, and they do it well. So thank, thank you, you OneSkin. OneSkin One skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code FOREVER at Oneskin.co. That's 15% off Oneskin.co with code FOREVER. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Help your skin stay younger and healthier for longer with Oneskin. Kate, I don't know if you know this about me, but one of my resolutions this year is to create the kind of home that I never want to leave.
1: Oh, I didn't know that about Mm -hmm. you, but I really think that's a beautiful intention for the year.
0: Thank you so much. And that is why I love that Jenny Kane is a sponsor of our show because they have the elevated home essentials that are exactly what I need to create my own personal haven. And I guess for my family as well. You know, oh, they they can, can come They can along. be part of it. Yeah. Their interior pieces are California chic and instant classics with a clean, effortless, and totally refined feel. From luxurious bedroom linens and iconic furniture to the coziest pillows and throws, not to mention the most incredible scented candles. You know Jenny it. Kane Home is here to help you live your best year yet from home. I love all my Jenny Kane stuff, but the Jenny Kane throws, I mean, if you have not oh, yeah. curled up on a couch mm-hmm. under a Jenny Kane throw, I mean, it's like
1: you becoming the pers- <laughs> like you just become the coziest human to ever exist. You
0: do. It's like it's the best. Not to mention the candles. I mean, right now I have my musk candle just beautifully scenting my room it's well it's you know like i'm so a, nice
1: i'm a collector of the jenny k montecito candle oh, like i, I know. actually i, I buy know. like three at a time because i worry about not having enough
0: oh well kate i think like the next level of my home havenness is hosting a dinner party oh <gasps> And I really want to up my tabletop game and the Jenny Kane collection of classics makes it so easy. The Pacific dinnerware collection is so durable. It's perfect for everyday use, but I can also see how it would feel so luxe when I have guests over too. So find the perfect way to refresh your space at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code F35 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order. J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com promo code F35.
1: Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer
0: and I am Dori Shafrir
1: and we are not experts.
0: We're not. We're two friends who like to talk a lot about
1: serums. Oh my goodness.
0: I don't know, oh Kate. It's been like it's been like goodness. almost 6 years. I got to mix it up a little bit.
1: I feel you. We have been doing this podcast for a long time. Mm -hmm. When we started, I was like in my 30s.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, but. (laughs) But you were closer to your 30s? I was much closer to my 30s. It's true.
1: I had a realization that when COVID started, I was 40 and now I'm 44. And I was like, oh my God, that's a freaking long, like, the time has stretched on. So I was giving my kids COVID tests last night and I was uh-huh. like, sorry, here we go again. And then I had this sad moment of like half their childhood has been me shoving things up their nose, digging around to see if they have this like scary virus. Like that's going to be a core fucking memory for them. And then I just don't, you know, I kind of started reflecting on the passing of time and geez, it's been a long time. So here we are. Here we like, are. Once we did this podcast before COVID, can you imagine? We used to meet up every week in person. We used to have our guests meet
0: us in person. Yeah. I mean.
1: I had to go through a whole rigmarole to get into your house with cheese so I could record at your house because Bo, your dog, doesn't love strangers. And he had to learn to accept me into the fold. He and did. Sammy. And then, he,
0: and then he accepted both of you.
1: He did. I feel like Sammy our producer didn't have to do anything with cheese. They just are like, no, no they did loved by dogs. No, they, they did? definitely okay, did
0: okay. the cheese. They definitely did the cheese. Okay. Maybe you, <laughs> you didn't see the them do when the cheese, cheese, but they did the cheese. Yeah.
1: <sighs> okay. You okay. can Not, Sorry, do not do the to- cheese. Okay. I just was kind of thinking like Sam dogs love Sammy. Like my dog loves Sammy so yes. much. So I just was yes. like, maybe Sammy just like breezed on in and was like, I've got the thing that dogs want. Some I mean, people have the that thing is that is also want. possible, but that.
0: Sammy had to do the cheese. Just <laughs> want to
1: be clear. Okay, okay. Sammy okay.
0: also had cheese.
1: Well, I am coming to you. Uh, I am coming to you with like a bunch of updates, but Great. I feel like I'm just gonna give you a uh, a quick one because we have a really um, delicious interview today that we want to get to.
0: Give me that. But update, I do. Kate.
1: Okay, I mean you've seen it in our show mm-hmm. notes, I imagine. I, but I, but I want to and... hear you say it. Wow, <laughs> you're like parading me through the town like that woman on <laughs> Game of Thrones who has to they ring the, oh they God. ring the bell and shout shame as she walks through the town. <laughs> I know I it's come not like that. <laughs> You're allowed to gloat because I come you. to you. Thank you. I come to you. I've reached the end. Today, I was driving my youngest child to school after having driven my oldest child to school. And it was a really frantic morning in our house. And I had my ember coffee mug with the lid on it, which doesn't fit into the cup holder of my car. I, was, I don't know if it's just, just going to say those embers uh-huh, uh-huh. do not fit. We have the fourteen mm-hmm. ounce. It's possible they ha- they also I think have a travel. They have mug. a travel. Yeah, they have a travel mug. Right, but we don't have. You and I both have Ember mugs. We don't Correct. have the Ember travel. We have Correct. like the one that I'm pretty sure they just want you to keep in your house. Yeah, because the travel mug looks very slender, like it would fit into a cup holder. So this is not me disparaging Indeed. Ember. This is me disparaging me. I brought my Ember mug too. Uh. 14-ouncer with its lid into the car and I crammed it half into the cup holder and my daughter got into the car next, to the seat, the front seat next to me and it somehow got knocked around and coffee spilled into the cup holder and I was like, oh no. I have no one to blame but myself for this. Oh no. I can't spill coffee in my car again. Like I keep doing this and then mm-hmm. I wipe it up with the most ridiculous things like f- the face masks that are on the seat. like I don't even have a paper towel mm. roll or tissues. I have like a face mm. mask and then like a dried hand bag like a dried container of hand wipes. Mm. So I I finally I finally realized this has to stop. Wow, this has to stop. One, I'm like I'm ruining my car. it's not it's not safe. Yeah. Look, all the reasons that maybe you've mentioned, but I like to be a rebel and I also just love drinking out of a mug and this it's where this is where it's gotten me. So I pulled back into my house and I just googled. I think I googled like travel mug for people who like coffee cups. I think I googled something absurd. I googled something very weird but I ended up ordering and I have to be clear I have 8 million travel mugs but I feel like a lot of them don't fit in my cup holder. So, I feel like with travel
0: mugs, okay, first well, first of all I should say welcome. Look, sometimes it takes people longer to see the light than others. It's
1: fine. I, don't I get know. that you needed to see it for yourself. I don't know if I'm going to stay here, but what I mm. did was, was I somehow landed On a Yeti Rambler in 18-ounce capacity, because I'm drinking out of a 14-ounce coffee cup now.
0: Wait, are you talking about this It says –
1: hold on. Let me go back to my screen. No. I will send you the link. The Yeti Rambler 18-ounce hot shot bottle. I don't think it is the same one as you. It has – it doesn't have a – it doesn't increase in size. It is just kind of like a slender tube. And –
0: the description oh, was 100%
1: leak proof for bumpy commutes uh-huh. and off-roading excursions. Now, I'm not off-roading, but there are a lot of speed bumps on my roads to school. It says it's cup holder compatible, and it has a 360 drinking experience, meaning I believe you can drink from any side. So it's not like you have to drink from a hole, which is what makes me crazy about
0: no, there is so a hole. many
1: Dori, it says 360-degree oh, like drinking the hole's experience. In the
0: middle. Yeah, there no, has to I, be a I hole. I see what you're saying. The hole's in the middle. So you can you right, can so you drink, don't eat, have to. Right. Uh, yes. yes, yes. You get it. I do get now, it. No, I haven't gotten this. Um, this
1: just happened today. This just happened today. But here, I, it's dishwasher safe, which I need.
0: I hope that this works for you. Th- I don't think this would work for me because I feel like I would need two hands to take that cap off.
1: Oh no, wait. Can I not drink out of the cap?
0: Am I looking oh, at the right thing? I see. Do you see what Did I mean? Send- I looked no, at yes, you do have to twist. Ounce- yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You do have to twist that off.
0: That would This not could work be for a disaster.
1: Me. This could be a disaster. We're going to just see how this goes. <laughs> I might have also done the thing I do where I frantically just buy something without really doing my research. And luckily, I didn't get this monogrammed, and I can return it.
0: Kate, if I may, if I may.
1: Okay, okay.
0: The one that I have, which is the twenty ounce tumbler Rambler, um, is great because I it. um, it you it comes with a with a slide opener. So yes, it's not 360, but you can do it with one hand. And then you can also get a lid that has a straw. And I know you like a straw.
1: I do for water. I do.
0: There's a tumbler straw lid. So I have this right now. I have it set up with the straw lid and I have iced coffee in it, but then it's also good for hot coffee. Okay. So just want to put that on your radar.
1: All oh, right. I mean, I will look into it after I go through this hot shot experience that I'm about to embark on. Okay, keep on. me posted. The hot—it's.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm Doesn't the name the hot
1: shot. feel like it should be for people who drink coffee cups and cars? Yes, but I'm
0: I'm confused by the opening.
1: That's what like, she said.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry now. I know anyway, I know I'm so sorry Look I'm excited I hope this works for you And keep me posted please I need help I need help Because I, I just I have such specific I'm so fucking high maintenance when it comes To drinks I think that is the biggest problem it's not You it's me mm. I say this to cups To travel mugs <laughs> to mu- I say it's, it's not you it's me Oh my gosh you know, and also I think like the way our like capitalist brains work is like, we're like, we got to find the next best one. Like this one isn't perfect. We've got to find. Right. right. Like we're all like tiny wire cutters, just like walking. I mean, the New York Times review site, not the actual tool. Like, aren't do you ever feel like you're walking around being like, oh, this would be good if it only had this, this and this. I'm going to try to find the next best one. I don't know. There's just something about like the ways in which we like share information now and are constantly like gathering consumer information and sharing it, that it just kind of always feels like I'm hunting for something better. But I know that's also just like the trap of capitalism.
0: Right. Well, and I do think that sites like The Wirecutter do exacerbate this by by giving us the illusion that there exist these perfect items that are the best, when in fact, that is subjective. Like what is your best is not my best.
1: I have learned this through my toaster oven, which was a wire cutter recommendation, and frankly, I hate it.
0: Yeah, there have been a couple things where I'm like, "What? Like who? What? <laughs> this is wrong." There was a great article recently in the Atlantic uh-huh. by my former BuzzFeed coll- colleague Charlie Warzel about like why wire cutter is isn't that great anymore. <laughs> Essentially. I feel like there is a wire cutter backlash. I just don't trust their taste. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Even when they're talking sure. about like best underwear. I'm like, no. Best bras? I was like, uh-uh. This is wrong. <laughs> but again, that's my opinion.
1: My all Right. We also opinion. all have different butts. Like, um, yes. Like... How can there be one perfect pair of underwear?
0: There can't be. <laughs> Speaking of underwear, I am back on my girlfriend collective underwear.
1: Oh wow, you really circled back around. I've never tried their underwear. I'm just typing like into my it. computer. If you hear the tippity tappity, that's just me. Um, now typing in girlfriend collective underwear. Oh, cute. I like this. This looks I like it goes had- high.
0: Yes, I like a high cut.
1: I mean, like a high waist.
0: I had tried the Arc ARQ underwear because, like, people raved about it. And I didn't, I didn't, I liked it for a while. And then I was like, it stretched out. It was too thick. Just like, I just didn't, I didn't. It, does, it didn't work for me anymore. So then I went back to Girlfriend Collective and I'm like, you know what? Second time around, I like it better. The High Rise Brief, that's the one I get. Uh,
1: I didn't like come onto this episode to be like discussing brands, but can I just say something for Soul that everybody already knows, but I feel like I really need to shout it out? What? Okay. You know the stars above line at Target? I do. Okay. Their button-down PJs are a bit of a knockoff for, like, other PJs from J and Lake. And I know a lot of people like them. I have never liked them. But the stars above, like, loose T-shirt and shorts pajamas that you can get are so great that I now, like, am fully – they're called Beautifully Soft. Women's Hmm. Beautifully Soft Sleep T-shirt from stars above. And they also have shorts and they have longer sleep shirts and they have mm. pants. Whatever is happening with this beautifully soft, I love the fit. I love the comfort. I don't sweat. I have these other Costco pajamas that I bought that I think are Eddie Bauer that they like sweat and smell bad. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Now, again, as we've previously discussed, like everything is subjective. Not everything is going to work for everybody, but take a chance on these stars above. These stars Take a chance, above. Everyone. Take a chance on the stars above because you might just find they're twinkling just for you. Wow, oh, Kate, that was beautiful. You know, I am a writer.
0: Um, speaking of we writers, introduce our guests, our guests, guests. It's just one guest.
1: It is unless there's like a ghost guest that we don't know no, about.
0: There's not.
1: I would love nothing more. um This is somebody who I have admired. For a long time. So, our guest today is Marissa Meltzer. She is a journalist based in New York City whose work has appeared in the New York Times, the New Yorker, Vanity Fair, Vogue, and more. Look, if you've read like a juicy, wonderful profile of some sort of like fascinating pop subculture, chances are high that Marissa has written it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She is the author of the new book, Glossy ambition, beauty, and the inside story of Emily Weiss's Glossier. She's also written three previous books. I loved the book that she wrote right before this about the founder of Weight Watchers. She's just a fantastic, fun investigative journalist. And you can find out all about her work at MarissaMeltzer.com. But you can also find out about it here on this podcast episode because we talked to Marissa all about Her new book and Glossier and the last 10 years of beauty and tech and girl bosses and cloud paint and boy brow and just Millennial Pink. I mean, we just
0: we just got into it. We
1: got into it. And we didn't name our favorite Glossier products, but we did ask Marissa for her favorite Glossier products. I would probably go with Boy Brow has been like a staple, and also you the perfume. I I still love that perfume.
0: Do you have a favorite Glossier product? So, you know, one of my favorite Glossier products is one that doesn't really get talked about that much, but I've mentioned it on the pod several times. It is their priming moisturizer rich.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: It's a really great thick, as you would like to say, mm. but not greasy moisturizer. As they just say, Dry Skin's Best Friend, an ultra-rich buttery moisturizer.
1: It's a great moisturizer. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, I also like Balm.com. And one thing that was like very fun to read in Marissa's book was how like she interviewed people who had worked on products at Glossier. And they were like, it's basically just Vaseline. And I was like, oh, no wonder I like (laughs) Balm.com. Kate, I literally (laughs) thought of you when I read that. Uh huh. And then, do you know what I just actually bought? A tiny little Vaseline lip therapy in the color Rosy that I found at Target. So, we'll. I'll test. I'll do you test think it. Vaseline out you know is like, God damn it! We should have just
0: rebranded <laughs> our like packaging Vossier? to be more millennial
1: friendly. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if um, only Vaseline. Anyway, we had a great chat with her.
0: Yes, and before we get to our chat with Marissa, just a reminder to. Visit our website forever35podcast.com for links to everything we mention on the show. We are on Instagram at forever35podcast. We have a newsletter at forever35podcast.com. You can call or text us at seven eight one five nine one zero three nine zero and email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And on our Patreon at patreon.com slash forever35, you can watch this episode on video, as well as listen to it ad-free if you join us at the $10 tier, which, you know, is pretty cool.
1: I think we both You're wearing have like, a really great shirt that people can see. Thank you, Kate. Which is also Excellent. from Target because I've asked. It is a Target.
0: Um, and yeah, and we're chatting about stuff on the Discord. Also, if you are in our Patreon, you've heard this already, but Kate has promised to write OC fanfic. If we get to a certain number of Patreon subscribers that we have not yet determined, but if you're interested in some Ryan Luke fanfic and like if you know you know, then bop and on over maybe to maybe like Patreon.
1: A, yeah. And then there's going to be like a quick summer, like one-off retelling from a different lens than the one that she is given on the show. I am
0: so here for this.
1: You know what? This might be my midlife crisis, and that is fine. That is fine. This is great. All right. We
0: will be right back. Kate, you know, I've been getting into like the spring cleaning vibe.
1: Yeah. You have really been. Kind of doing a refresh, if you will.
0: I've been trying, but I gotta say it's a lot more fun when you also get to do a little space refresh.
1: Mm.
0: So I'm talking like moving furniture around, we mm-hmm. get a new piece here or there, swap out the blankets. Like I'm, I'm almost ready for my cotton blanket instead of my wool blanket. Yes. Seasons are changing, and so is your home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And with Jenny Kane's Elevated Home Essentials, I can get exactly what I need to create the kind of place I frankly never want to leave. Jenny Kane Home is a California brand through and through, and their interior pieces are instant classics. From their candle scents, I don't have to tell you how much I love the Musk candle. And Kate, of course, is partial to the Montecito candle. Always and forever. Yeah. To their iconic furniture and the coziest pillows, Think clean, effortless, and totally refined. Jenny Kane Home is all about the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design so you can curate a space that never goes out of style and always feels fresh as spring. Find the perfect way to refresh your space at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code F35 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code F35. Today's episode is brought to you by Peloton. You know, in the past, Kate, I had this bad habit of thinking like, oh, you know what? I don't have time for a workout.
1: Yeah, you kind of get in your head like if you don't have three hours
0: right, exactly. to go do your fitness
1: routine, you can't do exactly. it at all.
0: Exactly. Right. But the fact of the matter is, fitness is all about what you can give, not what you think you have to give. And Peloton supports and guides members with that kind of philosophy from day one. The Peloton community, app, and bike all help you start no matter what level you're at because wherever you're starting, there's thousands of classes to get you moving, whether that's beginner or advanced rides, feel good live DJ rides, or artist theme rides, they've got something for you. And to this point about like not having, you know, hours of time to work out, yesterday I was like, I have half an hour. I've really been wanting to do this strength class. Let me just do it. And it was great. And like, I didn't need to work out for an hour and a half or whatever. Like I just got to do my 30 minute class with Adrian, one of the strength yeah, instructors. I love Adrian. It was great. And yeah. And then I was done. And as I, I mentioned on the podcast, that at night I've been doing healthy back yoga and restorative yoga. And it's just been like such an amazing nighttime routine. I love Chelsea. I love some uh-huh. Aditi. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, they really know
1: how to make me feel good. Just going to say. You know what? Dory, I, um, I hopped on a, a Cody Rigby 30 minute. Bike class the other day. And Mm -hmm. not only did it like feel good physically, but it was like such a help to my mental health. Like I felt so much better Mm -hmm. mentally when I was done. It was amazing. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. Peloton bike instructors keep you motivated from day one. They'll show you the basics, they'll help take the guesswork out of your workout and encourage you to build from there. And Peloton Entertainment keeps you moving. Watch your favorite TV shows as you ride. It's mm. perfect for those days when you can't decide whether you want to work out or watch TV to relax. Wherever you're starting, get moving with a Peloton bike or bike plus rental at wwwone slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Honey Love. If you're thinking about giving your old underwear drawer a sprucing up this spring, I would check out Honey Loves bras. They're so supportive that they eliminate the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. Plus, they're made with fabric that's so soft, it feels like a second skin. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. It's so next-level comfortable, you'll honestly forget you're wearing it. I'm a big fan of the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak.
1: Ooh, hello! I wear mine
0: pretty much every day because... Like I just said, it's so supportive, but also so
1: comfortable. Yeah, I love mine.
0: Oh, they're just they're they're truly the best. But if you're in the market for a more relaxed, like loungy kind of bra, mm-hmm. I do recommend their V bra. It offers the support of a traditional bra without the uncomfortable underwire, and it's designed to lift and separate has molded cups. It's not a shelf like bra that creates like that uniboob effect. And they have tanks and leggings for everyday support. Pair your V-bra with their breathable and versatile leggings. Honeylove has you covered, literally. It's time to spring clean your bra drawer. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com/forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com/forever. After you purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you,
1: yes, you deserve it. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also. Easy to accomplish on masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class redefining feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now they dissect issues. Women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe Capture Your Vision Through Photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com Slash F thirty five. That's masterclass.com slash F thirty five. Well, so excited to have you here, Marissa. I freaking love this book. Yay. I'm trying to remember the exact words that I texted to you, Dory, which was like, "I'm literally devouring this. What did I say? I'm slurping it down like a martini. I might, yes, might have been my direct that. quote. You did
2: say that. That's honestly the the best compliment I could get. I maybe for me, it's maybe a little more of like a rose with ice. That oh, that I'm sounds just good too. Saying. Chugging along, yeah. but yeah.
1: Or like or a like a kombucha, oh, a mm-hmm. frosé would be good.
2: Oh, kombucha, no, this no. definitely has. I mean, I, I I do acknowledge that some people don't drink, but for me, it's like at the very least, it would be like um, a Coke Zero or oh. something, like oh, yeah. a
0: fountain soda, Coke Zero.
1: Yeah, okay, well, I'm with you.
0: I mean, we're, we'll we'll get into it, but it's so nice to read like what is like basically a business book, but is like so fun and gossipy and about a company that I'm actually interested in and care about. You yeah. Know? So it was just it was it was very it was very refreshing like a like a frose. Um yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
2: I mean it's amazing like it made me be like, wow, it, it must be so great to be a man where there's just like books like this about companies that you're interested by, you know, People of your same, you know, gender expression just lining the shelves of bookstores. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, what if there was a one about a woman that wasn't, you know, about like um, a literal felon,
1: right? Like, that yeah,
2: was. right, yeah. <laughs> I think she's. I don't. I don't know if she's actually. I think she's a felon, but a criminal. We'll say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, those are our two options.
2: Yep. Yeah. 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 It's very mother and the whore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, we always kick off our interviews asking our guests about a self-care practice, and I'm very curious as to what yours is as a person who has followed you on Instagram. I have questions Mm -hmm. I want to ask about your self-care, but for you right now, what, what does that look like?
2: Um, I mean, I've done yoga for years, and I think I started doing it, like, very regularly in high school, and, um... I live down the street from my yoga studio and actually like went so often that they were finally like, you should do teacher training. (laughs) Mm. I like, like basically like single white female my way into becoming (laughs) a yoga teacher. Um, and, uh, so definitely yoga. And for me, yoga is sort of like it's like an all-encompassing, like the kind that I do always has like breath work and meditation. And so I feel like I'm getting like sort of doing it all and I don't do it on my own. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I I enjoy, you know, like dog walks is something that I do, you know, every day and I... I bring my phone, sometimes like listen to a podcast, but I often don't bring it. And I live in a neighborhood where there are a lot of other dogs. And like, so now I'm friends with like a Tibetan monk and the, the, the monks have adopted a dog together named Happy. Um, Oh, I know, I know, but there's one main monk who like mostly takes care of the dog and like humors me by me being like, where does he sleep? Is he a vegetarian? And they're like, he can sleep wherever he wants. He mostly sleeps in like the living room. And no, he's not a vegetarian. He's a dog. (laughs) Um (laughs) anyway, so like just kind of like wandering my neighborhood that's kind of like a social neighborhood in that there's like lots of cafes. And so I just run into a lot of people I know without actually having to make plans, which is my basically like pro tip for like living in a city or being middle-aged and like being busy, but also wanting to like have a social life, but being kind of stressed out at the idea of like Mm. constantly making plans with people. It's like a nice way to like see people and have them in my life, but like never actually having to do that thing where you're like, Oh, like let's get coffee twice a year or something. Mm. Like I just run into them constantly and we like stop and chat for like one minute. And it's very nice. I find it very like relaxing way to like live a life.
1: It also sounds like very before times like, oh, (laughs) yeah, I remember this time when we would just run into people and that is how we saw them. You know, we're so – everything is so – as Dory and I – Dory and I were just recapping an episode of The O.C. where people just knock on each other's doors to, like, check in oh, on how they're doing, which feels I mean, like, that. you know, that doesn't happen anymore. We're always just texting. Yeah. So there's something so um human about running into people and that feeling and that long conversation and standing on the street corner and, ugh, yeah, such a good Yeah, I mean, I,
2: it's like – Partially, I think it's something that would be hard to do in l a just because of the nature of how people are spread out and stuff so I'm gonna say it's one of like the few advantages of living in new york and um I don't know people can make fun of me for living in like a hipster neighborhood, but it is really like it makes there's a certain amount of like efficiency to it that makes. That's sort of like self-care. Like I can just like go and yeah. I have my walk and I feel like I've like talked to a few people and then I can go home and be alone and like write or whatever I have to do for my job, which is often kind of solitary
1: Yeah, and
2: feel, you know, I still make plans. I'm not like a hermit. I still make plans with friends, but there's like that level of people in your lives that like making plans with can be stressful. I don't know if I sound well- like totally...
0: No, I mean, I think this was, this was one of the things that I feel like people were talking about in the, like, as we were coming out of the pandemic, that Mm -hmm. those like loose ties type of friends, we had like lost those because Mm -hmm. we weren't out and about, we weren't running into people, we weren't having these kind of casual conversations with people that, as you say, like, you might not like actively make plans with. But mm-hmm. it's, like, nice to run into them and maybe yeah. end up getting coffee with them. And, you know, these, like, yeah. casual interactions, we had completely lost them. And so, you know, I have found that, like, I was kind of out of practice with that. Like, yes, LA is different. But mm-hmm. you still do, you know, you still do see people run into them. Like, that does happen. For um, sure. And Especially I was if like, you're,
2: like, everyone... I know basically lives in like Northeast LA, right? It's, so it's like, that's not a huge area. You're going to run into people at like Target or, you know,
0: yeah, like stones you, or whatever. Right, you end up, you yeah. end up, yeah, you do end up running into people. And I, and I was like, I found that A, I was sort of out of practice and also that I hadn't realized how much I'd missed those interactions. Oh
1: my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or just like your regular person. I and mean, that's the other thing I feel like, and now, I mean, I really feel like I'm leaning into my like, Gen Xness here, but just like the, we're all Gen like, X here. I, yeah, mm-hmm. ma- yeah, yes, majorly, and like yeah, right, you know the ways in which like everything is. Becoming, and I
2: just made. Are we just like? Are we all just kind of on the cutoff?
1: I'm seventy nine.
2: Yeah, you're. I'm seventy seven. you seventy like seven. I'm seventy seven. I feel like yeah. every year they're like, no, actually, now millennials start at like eighty four or something. It's like <laughs> yeah. I feel like for a while Gen X stopped at like seventy five, and I was yeah, like, oh, totally. I think I'm a millennial. And then suddenly, yeah,
0: anyway. I mean, my theory about this, and then we can move on, but my theory about this is that no one wanted to, like, confront the idea that millennials were turning 40, so they just kept pushing the boundary of millennials, so it just kept being, like, anyone under 40 is a millennial, and now that's sort of like, well, not really (laughs) anymore. Yeah, that Um, makes total sense, yeah. Anyway.
1: Let's talk about, about your circle book, back. Marissa. Yeah, can we oh, circle okay. back to Gen X? Speaking though, of I,
0: millennials, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to
1: talk about you as a Gen X reporter covering such a millennial brand. But first, mm-hmm. can we start with a very superficial question?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is, what is your favorite Glossier product?
2: The do you perfume. You even have one? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. You the perfume is by far my favorite. Um, do you, do you, Kate? I, I think have you it. and I actually have wanted to say this to you for a long time. I think you and I are the most have some kind of exact same taste in perfumes because every time you talk about them I think I own all the ones that you talk about loving and so we must have like gosh. the same body chemistry or yes. something because we have very similar taste in I perfumes. I love that.
1: Oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to email you a list and, and we can compare because okay. I love you. I love you. Me too. I love you, it a you lot. and the perfume.
2: Do I layer mine a lot? Like it smells really good layered with like Keel's musk, which is one a lot of people Mm. have. It smells so good. They both have kind of like a light musky scent. Sometimes I'll layer you with like a sort of more summery fragrance to like bring down the floral Mm. a little bit. Yeah. But you is my favorite. I also um the deodorant is kind of expensive for deodorant considering like i go through it quickly but it's good i like it a lot um and i'm pretty picky about like deodorant formulations um i think like boy brow i i don't use any other brow product i think it's really good and then um cloud paint the like liquid blush i think is so beautiful i use puff which is their sort of very light pink which is i think good for pale skin. It just gives me like a really nice blush. Yeah, it's good. I have products I don't like too, but those are like, you know, I don't like them all, but those are my favorites.
1: And you came into reporting on the brand and Emily Weiss very early on. I mean, her journey starts before Glossier. Can you kind of give us the backstory on how you started covering her as a reporter and, and what like your parallel journey has been?
2: Yeah, well, I think probably like many people I first saw her on the hills. I was
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know watching that show in like 2007 and she appeared. I think on like a 3 episode arc as this like hyper um uh capable New York City intern who was just so different from like (laughs) Lauren Conrad and Whitney Port, And, but was also really like kind of what like New York city fashion and media sort of girlies were like, like it was like in reality TV, you finally got this like dose of sort of actual reality, but she was also like an intern on steroids. Like she was like, that's chinoiserie. This is a cottage rose. Like what kind of 20 year old is this? Um, and then years later, I heard that, um, she was launching a beauty blog or like saw the beauty blog sort of right around the time it had come out called Into the Gloss. And I read it and always thought it was like, it was pretty good and fun. And it had a lot of like very intimate interviews with people and just like fun beauty recommendations. It was sort of the early days when like, things were less codified. So someone talking about their, um, like what they bought when they went to a French pharmacy was like pretty novel and exciting. And I yeah. was like taking notes. And then I, uh, so I our sort of professional relationship, I guess started just cause I would be writing like a story on platinum hair for the New York times. And she had just dyed her hair platinum. So she would be like a source or, um, you know, someone that I sort of interviewed. And then I met her for the first time on a beach in Mexico over like the holidays, because I just recognized her and, <laughs> and she was topless on the beach, That's right? which wasn't like a super topless beach. And I was just like, S- is it weird for me to go up to someone who's topless and like introduce and be like, I know we've never met in person. Um, and I was like, "No, nah, I'll just go and say hi. And I I did. And it was um kind of exactly as like weird but sort of nice, I guess, as you would expect. And then I profiled her um a couple times when she uh started Glossier, the beauty company.
0: Although as you write about in your book, when she like you initially had trouble kind of getting magazine editors to think yeah, she was newsworthy.
2: Yeah, I I was shocked because I, as soon as I found out that um, Into the Gloss was launching a kind of beauty brand, I was like, oh, this is a perfect story. Like, I'm going to pitch it to some of my editors. And they were sort of like, is it a tech story? Is it a media story? Is it like a beauty brand story? Like, one editor kind of thought it was like competition to like their publication because of into the gloss and so it was my first sort of understanding that what i thought was this like really um buzzy company with a charismatic leader that was going to be huge was not something that was like an easy sell especially to especially to people who had like not been following The company or the story all along, of course. Like you know, that changed quickly. Um, But you know, even like Vogue didn't even really cover Glossier for a couple years. But then by then, you know, Glossier like was valued at a billion dollars within like four or five years of its debut. So it was you know it like rocketed out there.
0: So for people who might not be familiar, can you just give us like the very quick rundown of what you talk about in your book, you know, just the history of how Glossier came to be? Um, because one thing that sort of struck me as I was reading this is like, I had sort of forgotten how quickly it all happened.
1: Yeah, um, totally.
0: Like I remember, so I my novel came out in 2017 and my novel was about the New York tech world. And Glossier had me come in like I talked to some of their I came in and talked to some of their employees like about my book did you do one of
2: the fire? The famous it wasn't like a real
0: fireside chat like Emily Weiss was not in charge of it it was some other I forget who it was talk
2: about yeah the fireside chats are in
0: there yeah I think it was like they were doing a book club or something I mean but anyway yeah it was very cool and I remember thinking oh this is so cool like Glossier is so cool um, yeah. And that was, their office but as is was, beautiful. Their office yeah. is beautiful. They had the store that people were like lined up to get into. Cause they were still on Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and like, as I was reading your book, I was like, Oh my gosh, they had only launched like, what, like a year before that or something. Wow. Like uh, the they right, launched in or, like, like a year in 2015,
2: 2014. So okay. well, all pretty quickly. But also like, yeah, they launched, okay, so I guess talking about Glossier. So when they, you know, Emily Weiss, who had founded Into the Gloss and it was kind of the go to beauty blog of that era. And at some point she had the idea to um, branch out into products and maybe more. Maybe there would be an app. Who knows? Um, and she decided to kind of she had all of this sort of data from just people talking about their favorite products, and there was also a very robust and like actually pretty um, like non-problematic community of commenters. Like people were very sort of cheerful and helpful in the comments mm-hmm. about like ID and stuff. And so there was just this like very big community, and they could kind of use that to help pinpoint products to formulate. And, um, so when they, they debuted viewed in late 2014, they only had a couple products. There were four and it wasn't even like a full routine. Like there was no cleanser yet. There was no sunscreen. And I remember even then being like, this feels kind of random, but you know, now it's normal to like start a brand and have like right. two great products or something. Yeah. But I think I was still more in this like. I didn't think it was going to be like a Lancome, but I I thought there would be maybe like five lipsticks, shades, and like, you know, a full like skin routine or, you know, something. And so even I had to kind of adjust what my expectations were for their launch, but also it was kind of inspired by like Supreme or wear brands that would like give you a little bit of time and make you so excited for like, mm-hmm. Ooh, what, what are they coming up with next? Yes. And there was also this idea of like, Oh, we want to come out with more stuff, but we're like tweaking it and getting your feedback of what your Which is like, very, ideal like, cleanser is. Tech
0: company of them yes, to be like, yes, so iterative sure. and you know, all that. Exactly. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it is interesting because like beauty is all about sort of going back and forth with cosmetic chemists and like perfecting something and testing it. And tech is more about like iterations and getting something on the market and all of that. And they they, kind of wanted it both ways. So anyway, so Glossier was um, a startup. They were funded with VC money. They were direct to consumer, which was sort of, you know, all the rage at the time and um they took off very quickly both in terms of like popularity and they were just sort of this company that embodied so much of the time like the millennial pink packaging they sort of you know roughly took off at the same time that Instagram was taking off so these sort of perfect pictures of your like your shelfie with your products and your burned down diptee candle like all looked very um, in place with like the early aesthetics of Instagram. Emily Weiss herself was lumped in with some other female founders as kind of the girl bosses. Um, uh, let's see, what else was there? You know, just the sort of defining uh, makeup look kind of for mm-hmm. a while had been that sort of heavily contoured um, kind of YouTube Kardashian face. And while, that didn't go away, Glossier was also this sort of like alternative or something you could wear, you know, it sort of said you could be you could be that person that does like a full face or goes out like that, but you can also be someone who just wants like a few products to smear on on other days. Um and so or someone like me that just has never been like I have no ability to have any artistry in my makeup. I just wanna like smear some stuff on so that I like, don't look like I have jaundice or dying or something like that. Um, And so, you know, they really appealed to me. And so Glossier became this company that, you know, within just a few years was valued at a billion dollars. Emily Weiss was on like a Time Magazine cover. Um, You know, I profiled her for a giant piece in Vanity Fair. And she kind of had this treatment that like, Um, women CEOs and founders don't usually get and, um, was sort of taken seriously. And, you know, eyes were that maybe she would be the millennial version of like a Phil Knight or something like that. And she certainly spoke like that. And then, um, kind of the pandemic hit and a lot of issues hit Glossier once, like, you know, retail closures, um, there were um, some issues brought forth with former employees about working conditions and how that dovetailed with like race. Um, You know, there was this idea that maybe their aesthetic was getting a little, like they weren't sort of moving along with the times that, you know, people were feeling a little bit like it was more of the same, um, that they were changing formulas. And then about a little over a year ago, um, Emily Weiss—you know—right before she was about to give birth to her first child, announced that she was stepping down, the CEO, and you know, a Harvard Business School graduate was taken over. So this book really kind of bookends this—you know—act in this woman's life and this—you know—phase in this company, and kind of you know asking the question of like, is this the end? Is this a plateau? Is this a, you know, are they about to sort of have a rebirth? Um, And, but also just a way to sort of understand the last decade or so of culture and business and beauty and all those things.
0: So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. Kate, I got to say, the ultimate confidence booster for me at least is a good hair day.
1: I love I love a good hair day. I right? always feel feel like I'm really myself when my hair is looking great.
0: Yes, and a good hair day starts in the shower with Waze new hair gloss that gives you incredible shine in just 5 minutes. Now Kate, I know that you are a hair gloss girly.
1: I mean, I would say I'm a hair gloss womany. Woman? Sure. But girly too. Yeah, I love their new hair gloss. I've used it. I keep it in the shower. It just gives you like immediate shine. It it helps treat some of the damage in my hair. It pops my color vibrancy. It's made with hyaluronic acid, which we love, and rice water. And according to this consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair Mm looks shinier, healthier, and smoother like me. I wasn't in that study, but I agree. And you know, it's funny, right before we started recording this, we were both just talking about all the whey products that we use and love. You had a whole whey day today, Dory.
0: I had a whey day. I used their detox shampoo in the shower. I used their leave-in conditioner when I got out of the shower. And then I just put a little of their hair oil on the Mm -hmm. ends of my hair. You may be noticing, Kate, that they look especially sleek. Today. Yeah, they do, and silky, dare Thank I say. you. And then I also spritzed a little bit of their perfume on, the Melrose Place Perfume.
1: You went all the way.
0: Oh, Kate, I see what oh. you did there, and I like it.
1: I will say, I also just love that detox shampoo because it really like gets rid of all my product buildup, all the hard water deposits in my hair, which are a lot, dirt, oil, all that gunk, and you can use it on color-treated hair, like my own, mm-hmm. and keratin-treated hair and Brazilian blowouts. Look, we love Way.
0: We do. So give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and use promo code FOREVER35 for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code FOREVER35 for 15% off any product. Kate, have I told you about the new dining room chairs that I got from
1: Article? You have mentioned how much you like these chairs, but I, I feel like right now is a good place to just elaborate.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's been a long time since we got new furniture. And when we got those chairs, it was like everyone was like, oh, mm, okay. Like it immediately just sort of like elevated the room.
1: I love that. Yeah. All it, it takes it is it one really, thing
0: totally it like brought it really brought the room together and made my kind of like mishmash (laughs) uh you know my I would describe my current furniture situation generally as like a mishmash and mishmash is a valid style but it made these chairs made everything feel cohesive I know that sounds crazy but but they really did and if it sounds like I am like gushing too much about chairs (laughs) um Trust me, I'm not, because Article has a way of finding the perfect balance between style, quality, and price. Anything with all three can't help but bring a little freshness to your home while keeping your wallet happy. It's easy to get sucked into their mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs when Article is dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship. That stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada, and they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way. They are offering Forever 35 listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash forever, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash forever for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
1: it's just wild to kind of having lived through it of being like Glossier is so cool to that, that sudden feeling, which you describe in the book of like, Oh, this isn't like the gen, this isn't as cool anymore. Where do you kind of see the brand going in the next 10 years after having this kind of massive rise? And also how do, what do you see in terms of culture too, as it kind of mirrors what is, what's gone on with Glossier? Well, it's,
2: it's hard because the beauty market is just so oversaturated. Mm. Like when Brad Pitt decides to have a
1: beauty line, like, I mean,
2: what, I mean, I've never tried the products. I've heard that they're great, but like, you know, they're not so really, expensive. They're so, I'm not the target market. It's... I'm not buying that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I mean, maybe I am the target. Maybe like women in their forties is, is exactly who they think will be buying that stuff, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, so it's like they're, Glossier is dealing with hurdles now that, you know, they just didn't have to deal with when they came out originally. And so, you know, you have like rare beauty kind of having the same aesthetic as Glossier Mm. and some of the same messaging, but with the sort of added oomph of like Selena Gomez being one of the most famous people in the world and huge with, you know, a younger audience. Um, I think Glossy is very fond of calling themselves like, we're year at nine of a hundred year old brand or something like Mm. that. And I don't want to say that's wishful thinking, but I do think it's their future. (laughs) Their future, like the words of the Hills theme song is unwritten. It's uncertain. Um, They have spent the last year or so sort of trying to like reboot themselves by um having this messaging of like we are we know who we are now we're a beauty company we're in Sephora we're you know all these new people are going to be introduced to us we're scaling the brand and coming out with like a proper foundation for the first time i believe the brand still does pretty well on um tiktok i think I, you know if anecdotally there seems to be a lot of gen z fans the Sephora stash is always like looted and kind of sold out. So I do think that there are, there's a lot of potential there. Like I talk about it in my book and I always come back to it is like, and I don't know if this is the same with you, but like when I discovered Mac, I was probably in like high school or college. Mm-hmm. It was at a Nordstrom, I think. And it was you know, years, maybe over a decade away from its founding. I knew nothing about really its activism or that it was founded by like makeup artists or anything really. I just knew that the colors seemed cool, that it was, I think what Natalie Brulia was wearing in the Torn video that, you know, it really spoke to me. And I didn't need to know the backstory um, to feel connected to it. And I think that there is still that kind of, potential, um, connection that could happen with Glossier, but it's also a crowded market. Like those people might be, you know, going to different brands or their, you know, their loyalty might come from some brand that we haven't heard of yet.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when you think about their kind of iconic, products, right? It's Boy Brow, it's Cloud Paint, it's Milky Jelly Cleanser, it's You. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I I might be off base here, but it doesn't seem like since the pandemic, they've released anything that has really hit in the same way that those products have.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that is one of their biggest challenges is product development. And that, you know, that's sort of magic touch that they had early on. And I think part of that is like, you know, no one who was there in the early days is there anymore. Part of that is like a victim of their own success because being a glot, former glossy employee, the brand was so hot could get you all kinds of really well-paying jobs. Or a lot of those people went on to, you know, found um, lines themselves and you know, also, I just think people burn out faster in this era, like you're mm. seeing something so much on social media that um it's just easier to get tired of something or to feel saturated by it,
0: yeah, 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 I think that's fair. um Can we talk about the way that Emily Weiss protects her image? I was so fascinated by the way. You wrote about how she had kind of been, like, cultivating and protecting her image, like, since the time she was in high school. Um it's yeah, fascinating. And <laughs> you have that one anecdote of how her publicist reaches out to invite you over to her apartment while she makes a frittata. And... <laughs> It's like this yeah. huge... We kind of made it together, to be honest, but yeah. Okay, fair. But it's like this huge yeah. deal. Like she's never done <laughs> anything like this before. Yeah. And like, that was so interesting to me. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and how that both like helped and hurt her ultimately.
2: Yeah. So she is one of those people that... People universally remember her from earlier in their lives, like from college. The way that actually I hear people who went to college with Lady Gaga talk about her, where it was oh, like, love her or hate her. Yeah. She was, a, you totally remember her from your NYU classes. Uh, Emily Weiss also went to NYU and people mm. really remembered her. Like, oh yeah, she was in my study abroad program and she showed up every day wearing Prada. But then was weird about it when I complimented her on it. You right, know, she's right. very she's someone whose high school yearbook quotes were um, one was from Calvin Coolidge about perseverance or pers- or like persistence, and the other was from Graydon Carter about fashion and style. And, that was so you funny know,
1: when you compared it with the other. Yearbook yeah, page
2: one <laughs> of the other was like Winnie the Pooh and Vanilla <laughs> Sky. And so, yeah, I mean, she just was this kind of singular person seemingly, you know, out of the womb. Um, And she had this real drive and ability to like ask for things that most people would feel really awkward about doing. Like, hey, I, I... I know you work at Ralph Lauren, and I, I'm your babysitter. But I'd actually rather be an intern at Ralph Lauren, and it worked. Um, I would have never done that when I was 16, and I was still kind of like a—I wasn't like a wallflower, you know. I was like a pretty bold 16-year-old, I guess, as they as they go. But that would have been no way. I wouldn't even have known how to do that. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right. Yes. Um,
2: I would have like awkwardly like tried to write a letter or something to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just, I didn't know how to operate in the world in that kind of self-assured way yet. It took me a long time, but she seemed to know. And as she sort of got more in the public eye as a business person, she, I don't know, if always knew or just realized that she didn't want... To be like the other girls or she didn't want to have to do something where to be covered in a magazine, she had to like show her outfit for every day at the office. You know what I mean? She wanted to be covered like a man. I would argue Mm. that actually we are as interested in the personal lives of famous men in business, especially in the age of like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, um, that that's then that that's some internalized misogyny, but you know that's another topic. But yeah, I mean, she just had this sense of like, this is how I want to be seen by the world, and that's pretty rare and fascinating.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of like Carolyn Bessette Kennedy, too. She was in high school knowing who she was at her core. Like the people who Mm -hmm. were like, I always knew I loved fashion. And you talk about kind of her childhood and how she was an anomaly in her family. She didn't grow up with like fashiony parents.
2: Yeah, like she wasn't some daughter of a socialite. She wasn't B. Schaefer. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a certain kind of girl that goes into fashion and it's like, oh, look, here's this photo of me as a toddler trying on my mom's Chanel, like, right so cute, so funny. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, like, yeah, of course it makes sense that, like, those people, this is just, like, the world they grew up in. And while she grew up seemingly, you know, very, like, upper middle class or above, it wasn't, like, a fashion family. Her dad worked at Pitney Bowes. They lived in suburban Connecticut. Her mom was, like, an artist and stay-at-home mom. You know, that was not her world going to new york and the world of manhattan wasn't as far off as it would be if you were you know like growing up um in you know like oklahoma or you know living you know growing up in you know another country or something but it wasn't exactly her backyard either
1: i was really interested and this is kind of circling back to um uh, what you were talking about earlier, but one anecdote that comes up a few times and, and, and this is just, it, it clicked for me because is something we've dealt with in podcasting okay. is when you, like when she's trying to sell her company trying to get money, she runs into pitching to men who rather than like express curiosity about the brand, mm-hmm. say they're going to like go give it to their wife to try out.
2: And it drives me crazy.
1: And this is something Dory and I have experienced in talking to podcast companies. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it, it it did, it had never dawned on me how, what a common refrain this must be. And I just thought you did such a great job kind of talking about the misogyny she was up against, but also the ways in which like she also benefited from her whiteness and the ways in which that influenced her role and her success. Um, yeah. This is maybe more of an observation than no, a question. I mean, but I just I thought think, you, you discussed both things so in such an interesting way.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just I guess I should not be this appalled that these things happen, but it's it just really um drives me nuts. Like this idea, the other thing they would say is like you know, let me let me have my admin try it out, which also seems very like <laughs> podcast too. It's and it's like, you know, God forbid you have to show some interest for your job in something that you don't think is squarely marketed towards you. And by the way, everyone should be wearing like moisturizer and sunscreen. This isn't exactly right. like <laughs> right. um you know, it's not like period underwear or something, or like, you know, also they should might as well try on period underwear too. Like Mm. that stuff is great for camping. Um, you know, like I just, it makes me feel like they're not good at their jobs. Like that lack of curiosity, um, is, uh, is a real issue when it comes to financing. And yeah. So if someone who is Tall and conventionally beautiful, and thin and white and well educated, well spoken, very um, moves through the world with a huge amount of ease. Like Emily Weiss is still facing that kind of challenge. I can't even even you know fathom how hard it must be for anyone else. And I think that is something that hit me hard in the reporting, and is really worth thinking about. And hopefully, if, you know, men can bring themselves to read a business book with a pink cover, (laughs) they too will be thinking about those things.
1: Well, you talk about like this idea of brand friendships and how that is very kind of specific to um, women. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it kind of got me thinking about almost how we have these parasocial relationships with corporations and brands and and also how this time really kind of brought into the brought us into the space of like, our like our brand is our identity the brands we use are our identity right Mm -hmm. like but ultimately this is just very effective marketing like the the concept of brand friendship can't exist in capitalism right like we're just all being taken for a ride
0: uh
2: i mean yes but also that's the world that we live in like what are you going to do like you know, move, like move (laughs) off the grid and like reject everything and
1: like, no more glossier.
2: Yeah. Like it's, I, you can't really like, I think if anything, the villain of this story is capitalism and this kind of system that sets people up for both success and failure. And that, you know, it's, it's kind of a rigged game in a lot of ways. And so is beauty. Like Glossy mm. is selling you this myth of friendship when it's like, you can sit with us and like, you know, like copy around their concealer. That's like, you don't need concealer, but if you want it, but it's like, they're still selling you concealer. They're still right. asking you to follow them on social media so that, You know, they can track your moves and you can, you know, be on top of everything that they want to sell you. But the alternative is simply to, I don't know, not participate in any way in the world. And like that's both impossible and not very fun. Mm. So, you know, I think that the probably the best step we can take is just to be, um, cognizant cognizant and aware that we are constantly being sold things you know products but also stories about the brands mm-hmm. and yeah. you know it's okay to have affinity for brands i certainly do um but they're they're not your friends. they're not going to stick with you in the hard times unless it's like you know nestle's chocolate chip cookies in which case. <laughs> they have stuck with me in the hard times.
0: <laughs> Do you have any events or anything that you want to plug um that will be happening after the book after the episodes airs? I don't have any I don't.
2: I'm very open to ev- <laughs> events. Okay. I please send me out to um please get me out of New York and, you know, have me come and, and speak to you, I would, you know, I, I, I accept all offers probably. Um, but yeah, (laughs) but mostly I just want people to read the book and, um, to DM me with all of their like thoughts, gossip, idle chatter, you know, anytime they like, you know, met someone at Glossier and and had like a bitchy or nice thing to say. I'm, this is why I wrote the book basically amazing to hear all of that.
0: And before we let you go, you, you're working on another book, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't started it yet because I got the book deal sort of right as all of this um, Glossier promotion was starting to come out. But my next book is a biography of Jane Birkin and is going to kind of um, interrogate the idea of like the French girl myth sort of the oh same way that we the girl boss is the sort of background of this glossier story I see that sort of invention of the perfect French girl is the background of the Jane Birkin story
1: oh my god I cannot wait amazing and also I have to shout out your previous book this is big I loved so oh, much thank you. it's yeah, it all great. about the founder of weight Watchers but also you really talk about your personal story and it's just great so oh thank you get all of marissa's books and, and marissa if people do
0: uh, if people do want day. to send you those dishy dms
1: where can they yeah. do that? Where do, we, where do we send them to
0: uh on instagram i'm at
2: marissa Meltzer. search it's my first name last name um and yeah uh, I, marissa meltzer.com is my website i think it just has my like one and only email on it i'm not, I'm not right. very mysterious <laughs> or hard to find <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much. This was so fun, and yes, everyone, please read Marissa's book. It's it's really great. It's great. You're gonna love it.
2: Thank you.
1: Well, you know, I really do just want to plug Marissa's book because uh, it is just such a fun and fast read, and it's really fascinating. And I think she just does such a great kind of even-handed job of of digging into beauty culture of the last. 10 years, as told kind of through the, like, you know, prominent white woman girl boss lens.
0: Well, one thing, I mean, one thing that I, I did think about a lot as I was reading the book, and she brings this up as well, is, like, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but things th- things have really changed. Just sort of, like,
1: yeah. culturally... Societally. Even just style-wise. Yeah. Even just kind of talking about like millennials becoming not cool anymore. Maybe they Right.
0: Cool. Yes. But like today, launching a makeup line with three shades of foundation. Oh, my
1: gosh. And we
0: didn't even get into that with Marissa. But like, that's something that she talks about in her book. So I don't know. There was just like a lot in there that I was like, oh, my gosh. Yes. That was like, wow, that wouldn't happen now. You know? <laughs> yeah um anyway, Kate, mm. last week, your intention was my ankle.
1: fuck my life. <laughs> I have a going? very bad sprained ankle. Well, I did finally get to go see an orthopedic like ankle doctor yesterday at the same place where my hand surgeon works, so that was you know, just keeping it all in the family. And the exciting news is that, like my ankle's definitely just sprained. I didn't tear anything, which is good. And I can ride a stationary bike and I can walk, which I'm excited about. He was like, no hiking. And I was like, no shit. But also no pickleball for a while, which is a really big bummer because pickleball is a big part of just like my joy. Um, But I'm really glad that I can just kind of move a little bit and walk my dogs without worrying. And he was even like, don't worry about icing it unless you really need to. Like, it's just going to be swollen for a while. And I was like, okay. Okay. So I'm going to start physical therapy and uh, eh, ankle strength, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. take care of those ankles. We're just, we're getting old. We're getting old. So yeah. uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, And I'm feeling a little bit better. The bru- it, My foot looked, it's still swollen um, and bruised, but much better. So.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that.
1: You know, this week I am really focusing on well, you know, a couple things. I, I wanna focus on just being more patient with my kids. I feel like I've been really just kind of exasperated lately. I'm on a I'm on a big work deadline and um I'm just finding myself being really short. Mm. Um, and one thing that when I've had the time to kind of do a quick meditation, uh actually I did one just the other day with past Forever Thirty Five guest Chelsea Jackson Roberts. Mm. Um I have been really focusing on doing loving kindness meditations, which I have always really liked, um, but haven't done in a while. And if you're not familiar, it's basically just like a meditation practice of focusing on kindness, not just toward yourself and the people that you love, but also folks that you don't know and also folks that you might not love. Um Ooh. and that yeah, it's it's challenging i i've I've taken like workshops in it in the past um with Sharon Salzberg, who's a big meditation teacher who t- really has focused on this, and so I kind of have just been revisiting that as something that might be good for me.: That's okay. a lot. a lot of intentions wow. there.
0: yeah,
1: anyway, <sighs> how about you? You had to get back into bedtime mode.
0: I've when been- we last talked. Pretty good about that. Okay. Um, pretty good about it. Pretty good is good. Yeah, yeah. And then this week, it's that time again for the Jewish High Holidays.
1: Wow, this year went by so fast. I
0: know. I
1: know. Are you going to Temple this year? I am. Okay. Um, Rosh Hashanah is soon.
0: Rosh Hashanah is soon. It's like. two days after this episode airs three days two days yeah it starts the 15th the night of the 15th um yeah i you know i'm i'm just not going back to the same place i went last year didn't love that place going back to somewhere that i've gone before that's doing the services in a slightly more convenient location to my house which is you know always important um and yeah we'll see how it goes Well, happy early new year to you. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, All right. Well, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dorisha Freer, and Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager, our network partners, ACAST. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye.